From high atop Rocky Road in Moab, Utah, it's KZMU News. I'm Molly Marcello. This is your news for Monday, June 20th. Moab is moving forward with adding more dispersed parking, slowly. The project is in the design phase while the city requests public input. Justin Higginbottom has more on the potential plan. It all began in 2017 when the state legislature put aside $100 million to help communities impacted by tourism. Unsurprisingly, one of those communities is Moab. The city abandoned plans for a parking garage in favor of more dispersed parking. Those are stalls spread out across a number of streets in town. Utah Department of Transportation has set aside $5.2 million for the effort. That includes some aesthetic changes as well. Chuck Williams is a city engineer. He's standing over the latest parking plan at an open house. So this is a drawing of parking proposals for 100 East between Center Street and 100 North. This has the center median parking, and it also has parallel parking here on the east side of the street. Two-way center angle parking is planned for Center Street between Main Street and 100 East, as well as on 100 East from 100 North to Center Street. We increased the parking number of parking stalls on 100 East by 18. So that's, again, the whole point of this project is to get up to 188 parking stalls, which is the goal that the legislature and UDOT has given us. It's not a parking garage, let alone a bypass road, but Williams says it still requires some engineering tricks. And the angle-in parking, here's an engineering one for you. 60-degree angle-in parking is the uh, best way to pick up parking spaces. We can pick up a couple more per block than if we do 45-degree angle parking. Moab has a number of constraints when it comes to street-level changes. Besides input from businesses and residents, there are utility lines that run under the roads. We're limited in Moab by the distance from curb to curb. The city's plan also includes adding more streetlights with dark sky features, small islands of vegetation on sidewalks called bump outs, and potentially bike racks and benches. The plans are still in the design phase as the city asks for more input from residents. Justin Higginbottom for KZMU News. Yellowstone National Park will partially reopen this week, days after a series of historic floods damaged roads, buildings, and infrastructure. Officials say visitors will be allowed in through the park's southernmost entrances starting at 8 a.m. Wednesday. Yellowstone Superintendent Cam Shawley told Jackson business leaders that while the northern entrance to the park suffered serious flooding damage, the southern portion of the park will only need minor repairs. We've got full operational staffing ready to go. Our concession partners are ready to provide services, be it gas or groceries or restaurant food, food and beverage, things like that. Shawley says the southern half of the park alone will not be able to host a full contingent of visitors. So entry to the park will be limited by a license plate number system. If the last number on a vehicle's license plate is odd, that vehicle can enter on odd days of the month. Even numbered plates can enter on even days of the month. Park officials say they plan to reopen new sections of the park as repairs continue. Colorado River water managers are facing a monumental task. Federal officials have given leaders in seven western states a new charge to commit to an unprecedented amount of conservation and do it before a deadline later this summer. 
That's because without major cutbacks in water use, the nation's two largest reservoirs are in danger of reaching critically low levels. Alex Hager with our partners at KUNC reports. Bureau of Reclamation Commissioner Camille Kalimlim-Tudin came to a Senate hearing with a prognosis, a goal, and a threat. First, the prognosis. There's so much to this that is unprecedented, and that is true. But unprecedented is now the reality and a normal in which reclamation must manage our systems. A warmer, drier west is what we are seeing today. The Colorado River's big reservoirs, Lakes Mead and Powell, are at record lows. To keep them from dropping further and setting off a region-wide water crisis, Tudin set the goal. Between two and four million acre-feet of additional conservation is needed just to protect critical levels in 2023. To compare, the entire state of Colorado uses a little more than 2 million acre-feet from the river each year. Tudin finished her remarks with the threat. If the seven states that rely on the Colorado River can't cut their own use, the federal government is prepared to do it for them. She's giving them 60 days to craft a deal. I think this call is to everyone. Colby Pellegrino is the deputy general manager of the Southern Nevada Water Authority, which supplies the Las Vegas Valley. If you're using Colorado River water in any way, you should be internalizing how you can help solve the problem. Agriculture uses the vast majority of the Southwest's scarce water supplies. Pellegrino says cities like Las Vegas have been able to grow in population while keeping their water use in check. And she says even if spigots in her city, Phoenix, and Los Angeles are turned off, the river still has a supply-demand problem. You can get rid of all of the municipal use and you still don't get to two to four million acre feet. So um, it's going to require all sectors to participate. Cajoling all the basin's big water users to participate is no small feat. Many still feel like their water rights are legally protected and doubt that the federal government really has the authority to force conservation on the states. What we have observed as the deep risk is now no longer on the horizon, no longer at the curb, it is now at the front door. Chuck Collum leads the Upper Colorado River Commission. States in that group, Colorado, Wyoming, New Mexico, and Utah, have a history of struggling to commit to specific conservation goals when it comes to the river's management. Several have projects in the works that would end up increasing their reliance on its waters. And we should manage everyone's expectations on where the solutions can come from. Since the lower basin has the most significant volume of uses, then it makes sense that that's where most of the solution comes from. States in the Colorado River Basin have taken longer to come up with plans to conserve less water. So a plan to save millions of acre feet and just 60 days to put it together? Sarah Porter says that'll be really hard. She's a water policy researcher at Arizona State University. I expect that there will just have to be action by the Department of Interior, as was essentially threatened. Even though the amount of water is tremendous, Porter says this announcement shouldn't come as a surprise. Hotter and drier conditions have plagued the basin for more than two decades. She says if water managers had started cutting their use earlier, this might have been avoided. It might have been easier in years past to hope maybe, yeah, it's been terrible for the last 
two years, but maybe next year it will be better. Now it's been terrible for three years. Maybe next year it will be better. Well, we're finally at a point where we can't say that. Porter says it'll be hard for states to make plans without some more clarity on the actual amount of water they need to conserve. The bottom line? Demands for the Colorado River's water need to shrink. But figuring out who gets less and when is up for intense debate this summer. I'm Alex Hager in Boulder, Colorado. This story is part of ongoing coverage of the Colorado River, produced by KUNC and supported by the Walton Family Foundation. And that's the KZMU News for Monday, June 20th. Get your community-powered journalism Monday through Friday at noon and 7. You can also find KZMU News anytime online at kzmu.org or wherever you listen to podcasts.